Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Eleven personnel is live here on the KSR YouTube channel, presented by our good friends at Monticello Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. Hey, I got my cup too. Shout out Monticello Bank. Shout out NBCBank.com. Shout out to all of you who are joining us right now in the middle of a crazy, crazy time across the Big Blue Nation where today we're going to talk a lot about the transfer portaling that's going on, the players going in, the players going out, kind of where everything stands there. We've got some coaching moves. Uh, but like it, I did, before we start, I, I wanted to propose a, a Monticello Bank cheers to uh, kicking Louisville's ass again. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing the thing, too, now, where if nothing else is on, I just turn that game on, and I'm just like, oh, remember that part? Like, that was pretty fun. It's it's always good. And then especially the part where how quiet it gets when Barry on Browns just run into the house and then they zoom in on the, the Kentucky fan in the student section. He's just, ah, I mean, it's, it's just such a great production, really great theater with the sky cam and the packed stadium. First time that thing's ever been packed. Just a glorious, glorious game to go back and rewatch. Feels like a light year since our last episode. I feel like I've lived uh, a, a two or three month life in the last week. <laughs> I mean, we just had, with like, this uh, I everything like going a, on. Everything was falling apart on the last episode. Like it, we were venting long term frustrations, and now it's just like full steam ahead, and not a completely opposite direction. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, join KSR Plus. 
Right. Just do it. Take the dive. I dropped another quarterback name in there tonight. Just do it. What are you waiting for? UK won for you, our YouTube viewers. That's two months for a buck instead of just yeah, one. There you go. What are you waiting on? Um, do it. You won't You won't regret it. I promise. If you do, don't sue me. Um, I. Yeah, let's just start with a little game, right? Like, Nick, that was a seismic win um, on all levels. Louisville came in there, thought they were going to beat Kentucky by 20, having this you know, this great season with their golden boy head coach with Bear Brom on the sidelines and little old Kentucky's little old six and five Kentucky who hadn't played anyone according to their fans, um, who hadn't beaten anyone, who wasn't any good. So let's show out in this big game, have this huge sellout crowd, and boom, they went out and they folded in the fourth quarter and Kentucky made the plays. I mean that's that's what happened and it was a as sweet as a victory as they've had under Mark Stoops in his run there. And it's one they're going to be able to dangle over Louisville fans, especially ones that live here in this, in this where we live, Nick. Yeah, um, yeah. I know a lot of fans out there, this is not maybe the top rivalry for them. Other games mean more. But this game means a lot to people here. I mean, a lot. I mean, it's the biggest – it's by far the biggest game of the year for, for, a lot of, for a good chunk of the fan base here. And to do that in this season with how it, how it went, Nick, it was just it was just almost like a reminder to Louisville, like, hey, have fun. You know, you all have, you're you know you're doing good things over there, but we still have a better roster. We still play in a better conference, and when and we still have the mental edge over you. And at the end of every year, no matter what happens, you're gonna have to, you got to play us at the end of the day. And you can take all that you want, but you got to play us and you got to beat us still at the end of the day. And, you know, Lowell won. They called it the Super Bowl, right? Like all oh, day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Nick, who started the fight at the beginning of that game? Oh, it was the, the cards. Who were the it wasn't that Kentucky. Were that, was, that was a message on those special teams. You won't convince me otherwise. Like, Louisville came out there and wanted to mix it up a little bit. And Kentucky didn't take the cheese. They and then Louisville was the one that kind of lost their emotions again in that game. And, uh, and Kentucky is the kind of team that had been taking the cheese all year, right? Like I don't know. Um, we need it's it's kind of like um, if if JJ Weaver plays Louisville every Saturday, he's a future Hall of Famer, right? You know, right, like yeah. whatever something about that game. I don't. I know part of it. Um, you know, definitely have a. You know that like no matter what happens early on, like that was disappointing. You can. If you reverse course here, things feel a lot differently. So like, you can just kind of put some of that in the past and move forward. But something about that, that really does need to be a little bit of whatever that message is against the Louisville. Let's get some hate for Texas. Like maybe, oh, look it. That's what it is. We got to take Cats money line at Texas next year because Cats love the L's down. What's Horns down <laughs> going to be like, right? That's the horns I, down play. The cats get to do horns down for the first time. There'll be I, horns down and all over the place. I wonder in that facility, Nick, like what do they do and what do they show to get this team to hate those guys over there? They hate them so much. <laughs> I mean, the hater is strong. Over, and I wouldn't have any other, any other way. Like, I love it. Uh, because, Nick, like, when Petrino was there, he called Kentucky slapdicks, right? Mm-hmm. And they acted like Kentucky was poverty program, yada, yada, yada. You know, look at us. We're the big bad CUSA team. Like, that's the crap I had to hear for years over there. 
And so, like, Kentucky – like, Kentucky's got their stuff together, bare minimum. Now, you could say what you want about everything going on, but they have their <laughs> – operating like a competent Power 5 football program, bare minimum right now. Mm-hmm. And that's something Louisville's never had to deal with in state. And I think you've seen that kind of play out on the field, in my opinion. Uh, and that has a lot to do with this current winning streak, and Mark Stoops just gets them ready to play. And it was it was sweet because, really, they blamed like, everything else on Satterfield, just like they did on Crackthorpe, right? Oh, <laughs> like, we're only losing because oh, we have we hired a bad coach. Yeah, you know, um, they, like, there's nothing systemically wrong here with, with our football program. We just hired, a, you know, a bad apple. Yeah, he's just one guy. So you went and got – the cream of the crop, the best you could get, right? You hire, you know, bring Nick's, Nick's cousin home, you know, and he's having this goal, like this great year for him. To look, kind of like it was like their confirmation bias, right? Oh, yeah, yeah of course, Satterfield. It was his fault. Now we're, we're back, baby, cards. And <laughs> little old Kentucky lives in there, and the same thing happens to him. You get They got the ass beat again. And so that's why I think, like, in here in Lowell, in Kentucky, it was so sweet, and it was a palate cleanser. Yeah. kind of how the season that's went. Great way to, that's a great descriptor of it. Yeah, You know, the this season was a disappointment in numerous ways, and we're going to talk about some stuff they need to fix, but it was a palate cleanser at the end of the year. To get them, a like, that's a big win. I mean, if you're ranking Stoops wins, that's in the top ten. Yeah. Um, and to do it to the Louisville and to like kind of ruin another yeah. great season for them, at in their place again. I mean, that's that's th- twice that's happened in the last eight years. Uh, it's hard to get any sweeter than that. That's college football, and that's why we love it. That like wins like that are how you grow fan bases and how well, pe- like yeah. normal fans become sickos like me. It's because of games like that. That that high is as high as it gets, and that's why the sport well, people love it. And and it, to do it to a rival too, right? Like. Tennessee is made a, it's it's taken years off of our lives. Right. To do to be able to do that to another fan base, it just it feels so good. It just it it it's putting those years back on my life and it's giving us new life going into this offseason, which uh, there's no denying it's it's going to be a crazy offseason and that's what we're going to spend most of our night talking about here on 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Remember that Monticello Bank, they've been in business for 128 years because it's where people matter. They're putting people first. That means they're putting the numbers on your side to make sure whenever you need to take out a loan, whether you're getting a mortgage or a new car or refinance, they're going to put the numbers on your side to make sure you're getting the best deal possible. They've got 21 branches in 14 counties across the Commonwealth, and you can bank with them anywhere at NBCBank.com or with the GoNBC mobile app, Monticello Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, Mr. Luckett, Mr. Luckett. The transfer portal, it's not supposed to start until tomorrow, or Monday, I don't know why I don't know why I said tomorrow, but the new phenomenon in the transfer portal, this is supposed to be a week just for grad transfers and lower division guys. The new thing now is guys are just kind of getting ahead of the curb, um, trying to beat everybody to the punch. My name is in here, and so he- hear me out. Well, I- I'll let you know that I'm there. So we already have five Kentucky Wildcats that have let their intentions be known. My rough guesstimates look at projected that's about a third of what we'll get. And that's factoring in, you know, two surprises, give or take. 
Um, that, that's about what I think we'll get to eventually. Um, none of these so far have been a surprise. Um, and it's, it's one of those two that it, it was, it was kind of funny. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if funny is the right word, but like I, Isaiah Cummings has had such a weird career that you, you know, you don't blame him for, for moving on to the, to the next step, right? Like that's just not, like, yeah, go on, do your thing, man. It's, it's been kind of a crazy time for you, whether it was like, oh, the, you're a tweener and then there's this big pop under Cohen, then nothing happens under Scangarello, and you're like, oh, hell, where does he fit in now? He comes back when Cohen comes back, isn't used until the final two games of the year, and then balls out, right? Four catches, 98 yards, including the 55-yarder against his hometown team. So he, he's had a very unusual career, and I feel like that's the story for most of these transfer poor guys that are leaving is uh, – it's like something just kind of odd or bizarre, whether it's injury luck or – or, you know, maybe they never figured out off the field. But there's just some sort of weird something that happens that kind of derails them and um, really just – or, like, in the case of Jamarius Dinkins, the spider, like, dude just got over-recruited by better guys. I mean, there's just – you know, it happens. So that's part of the transfer portal. And as Mark Stoops said, um, that's kind of how they kick off this week is meeting with everybody, clearly stating their role. Here's what you can do moving forward. If you want to go elsewhere or, you know, like – they had these conversations that are up front because um, this is a business now, Luckett. It's, it's, that's, that's how this works, right? And I think uh, it didn't take long for us to normalize it, not only as the folks in that locker room, but also as, as fans observing from afar. Yeah, you have three waves at Kentucky in their situation. You've got the first wave that we're in right now, like guys that won't be here for bowl practice, guys that are moving on. Um, whether that be opt-outs, we saw with Ray Davis, yep. um, or guys like yeah, or guys like Isaiah Cummings, Jamari Stinkin, who are getting in the portal because they want to get to their new, they want to make a decision and get to their new school as quickly as possible. When right. the when I've talked to people who have done that, it's very much a like. Uh, there was a Speed coach dating. who just what I've yeah heard. yeah that, that's kind oh, of the uh, coaches. Uh, it's like. High school recruiting is a long courtship. You're trying to get a girlfriend. Transfer portal, bing, bang, boom. Take them out, get them a drink. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Deal's done. Let's get, to, let's get down to it. We'll wait, wait on. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So that's that's the chapter we're in right now. And then after the bowl game, there will be more guys who leave. And then in the spring, after spring practice is when, like, the final – to me, that's the final cut down. Correct. Right. Uh, so that's because that, right. That's what Deion Sanders. You know, he cut all those guys after spring practice, um, mm-hmm. and that's where we're at right now. To me, Nick, in my for my scholarship chart, I've got, and this is counting the freshmen that'll come in that are on, in the recruiting class right now. Kentucky's at eighty nine scholarship players. That's without that's with zero transfer additions. So they're gonna want ten to twelve guys on top of the tra- that that class. So we're still looking at a lot of turnover that needs to happen on this roster, and so. Um, I think we'll see a couple more before the bowl practice starts, and then it'll slow down. Then you'll see three, four, five after the bowl game, and then you'll see five, six, seven-ish during spring. So this is a long process, uh, but that's where we're at right now. Um, a few have happened, but the, some more will happen moving forward, and we're just kind of playing the waiting waiting game on that. I think they did get – I mentioned last week, I believe, what, what, what super seniors – or I think I might have mentioned on Monday, what super seniors stay? And we got two this week with Eli Cox yeah. and Marcus Cox well, coming let's, back. 
let's talk about that for a minute because I do think that that is that's something that really I don't think you can overstate the significance of it. Um, I mean, we knew Kenneth Torsey was going to be gone. We didn't know about the bowl opt-out. But he didn't really play that much this year. He was injured. There was some stuff going on. But, like, he played six games and I think less than 20 snaps in three of those. So, for all intents and purposes, having the two big coxes on the offensive line come back means you're getting four out of five starters back. With Dylan Ray returning. Flax is your only guy you're losing, right? You've had Cortland Ford that you got from USC who's been here for a year. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me is not only do you not have to go out and find a left tackle in the portal, which is not easy, but you also have some continuity there, and that that's really been a problem. I mean, we, we talked about it on the episode last week, 100 years ago, right? Continuity has been an issue, and getting those two back, it, that, that really just lets you kind of exhale a little bit because now you don't have to um, – Finding replacements that, of that kind of quality and caliber, that, that, so they could, they could stress you out a lot. Where now there's a little bit of uh, ease. I don't want to say, but there's not as much of a sense of urgency. And uh, uh, if we don't find a left tackle, we're, we're screwed, right? Like that, that, that helps so much. The continuity helps so much. And here I am rambling on and on. But I just, I don't, especially Marcus Cox, because like he's been a, he was a very solid kid out of the portal last year. And I, I think from what I gather too, Luckett, is he's he's pretty well liked in that room. He's not going to be the guy that's like yelling, hooting, and hollering. But he, he seems like a good fit for that, that offensive line room. I think you just look at the offensive line and they have a plan. At least they've got bodies to use right now. Just on the surface, you got Marcus Cox, left tackle. Cortland Ford, right tackle. You know, Eli Cox at center. Jagger Burton at guard. Dylan Ray at guard. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. right there. There you go. There's your starters right there. So if you had to play a game tomorrow, I think you would feel somewhat comfortable in that. Tackle depth is concerning. Yeah. Something they're going to, I think, have to address here in the transfer portal. But everywhere else, I think you feel good. You get uh, Ben Christman back. He's coming off a major knee injury. So that's – how does that rehab go? So And you get Tanner Bowles Same back. Same thing for Nick Hall. Yeah, Nick Hall. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, what, what is that injury? I don't. We still don't know. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so I think tackle depth is the big thing they probably need to address here. But overall, I think they're in a good spot on the offensive line. Again, we've had this conversation. Um, I don't think it's going to be the big blue wall of old. I'm, I don't think that's coming back. But right, I, right. they're they're in a position here where they're not going to be terrible on the offensive line. Well, They've got their, their ducks in a row. Exactly, exactly. And – um, there's a stat, a great stat that I don't have pulled up, and I believe Kentucky was second or third in the SEC in sacks allowed. So say what you will about the big blue wall or the big blue wall of old, but when, you, when you're out there recruiting an important position like quarterback, you say, hey, we got four starters back and another guy who's got a lot of experience who's ready to play right tackle. They didn't give up a bunch of sacks last year. That's something that adds to the Cohen effect, which I think is going to play out in the transfer portal, which I believe many people are here to hear us discuss some of the quarterbacks that are already available in the transfer portal market. And the one, did we even, did we talk about Will Rogers last week at all? I don't, that, I don't, did that happen? I, I don't, I could hardly, Thanksgiving, that happened. Man, last week, it just, it flew right I believe by. it happened after Thanksgiving. 
Okay. That, that might have been a Friday development. Uh, yeah, because they play Thursday Friday. night. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, there's already buzz for him at Miami, Nick. Okay, okay. So uh, that we, would make sense because Shannon Dawson's an area guy. I mean, yeah. We had at KS Board, we have talked about that he is, I think, a legitimate candidate for Kentucky. I think he's probably on their big board somewhere in that facility. But I don't think he's going to be the guy. Um, that would just be my my guess there. Don't know. Don't have intel on that. That would just be an educated guess on that. And so, yeah, I think Miami, I think that makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, I believe Manny Navarro um, at The Athletic reported that uh, this week, that, that keep an eye on uh, Will Rogers in Miami. And so, yeah, I, 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 we've talked about this. You can find it. Um, we're on the Internet. If you have, if you didn't know, but <laughs> yep, we are on the internet. <laughs> I he I don't think he's going to be the guy for. I just don't think fit wise it's there for what Kentucky is going to want. I mean I think that's that's really big here, Nick. <laughs> we heard uh, like less well just so over a, yeah I mean less than a week ago Liam Cohen got on a podium and pretty much went over went through his checklist with the media what they're looking for in the portal. And I think structure-wise, I don't know if they're going to want another short quarterback. Yep, um, which brings us With to – With arm strength the, concerns. Brings us to the other Will, um, who is going to be one of the more sought-after players in the transfer portal. Six foot five, 245 pounds uh, from Kansas State, Will Howard. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a lot of playing experience there. Helped take the Wildcats to the Big 12 championship game two years ago. Um, and to your point, when you talked about the things that uh, Liam Cohen was listing off, uh, he's 18-8 and eight in his last two years as a starter. That's pretty good. Um, he has that running ability as well. They did a lot of that pistol read option stuff where, especially in, in the red zone, that was really effective. I don't think he's as athletic or has as strong of an arm as a Will Levis, but he does have uh, – some gutsiness to him, right? And Will Levis light. Yeah, Will Levis light. That's a good way to put it. And the thing that we, we talked about in the car that I, I, I'd like you to kind of go off on is his sort of – he's a quarterback that just won't die, right? And I, I, I think that that's really going to strike a chord with Liam Cohen and, and really endear himself to the, to the offense coordinator. Yeah. Uh, I, like you take Cohen's quote and, like – Will Howard checks a lot of those boxes. Like this wasn't in Collins' quote, but big, strong, can mm-hmm. run, mm-hmm. Um, tough, and he's dealt with adversity. True freshman year, he replaces Skylar How or Skylar Thompson, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't go great. COVID year, he's a true freshman, was a mid three star recruit, wasn't really supposed to be in that situation, but he. He keeps them kind of head above water, Kansas State, this year. Sophomore, Skylar Thompson gets hurt again, spot duty, does some good things. Um, junior year, he's in line to start. They say, let's go get a transfer. They start Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez gets hurt. Will Howard leads them to a Big 12 championship, and I believe it's Sugar Bowl birth where they lost to Alabama. And I believe he even got hurt and played through some injuries that year because so, that was the least amount he ran, really. Um, at his time at Kansas State, and then last, then this past year, they go out, they get Avery Johnson, who's a four-star rec- in-state recruit, like their version of Cutter Bowley, yeah. and 
they want to play him. You know, there's probably some return on investment NIL stuff there, I would assume. They start a platoon just halfway through the season. And Howard's having this great year. Career high completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Um, career high of rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, like all the career highs all across the board. But they were like they made him platoon the last four or five weeks of the season, so he's dealt with some crap there yeah, in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, that's probably not been super fair to him. I think the concern would be accuracy. He's a career fifty eight point eight percent passer. Um, that's a little concerning. But and then turnovers were an issue this year. He had ten interceptions on three hundred fifty seven throws. Um, but he provides a run element. Very similar to Will Levis and how he could be a zone read slide, and guy on powers and draws weapon in the run game. You would use him very similar to Levis in the run game. He's played in big situations. He's dealt with adversity. I, he had Ivy League offers out of high school. Like This is yeah. a big, big, tough, smart kid. Uh, and he's going to get drafted. Like This guy is going to get drafted. And mm-hmm. so it's just where he lands. You could you could get help get him there on your development. Um, the only issue yeah. I think would be he's only a one-year guy. That, that's the big con I think in his list. Other than that, I think there's a lot to like about him. Yeah, and I I haven't gotten a firm answer because I I don't think they have one either on if they like if if it's a must be think, two-year guy if it's a must be I think they would prefer that. But yeah. you also have to take what's kind of best available. And to your point too about the Ivy League offers. Um, you know, uh, Ranger puts on the the chat too that he he would like to know McElroy and Cube think would fit Cohen's system like they hinted at Matt. And if you're wondering what a lot of the big, tough, smart, good arm can and, move and, around a little bit, and I think the between the years I think is really important, and that's hard to assess at times. But from what I heard, I, I've heard behind the scenes. The, the fit scheme-wise with Devin Leary, like he just – he struggled with some of the stuff, like with what you put on his shoulders. Me, I mean, Will Levis was over there in the press conference this week correcting himself on matriculate versus capitulate, right? Like that dude's a very smart cat, and he was able to handle it. And I, 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 don't, I don't think Cohen was prepared to change things enough around so that Leary could confidently operate. Like there was, it was just, it was just a bad fit in that regard. So you need to have a guy who's very cerebral, and you know, getting an offer from Princeton doesn't automatically qualify you as uh, a, a genius, right? Like I'm sure plenty of Ivy Leaguers offer kids that you know, but but I yeah, that good at chemistry was, doesn't mean you're good at football. Yes, correct, correct. Um, but I I do think that that certainly is going to play a role in it, and I'm wondering too. You know, we, we know they've been in contact in, with, with Will Howard. And uh, Auburn, I believe, was also mentioned. Uh, Missouri. Louisville, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, because they're going to get these guys on visits. I'm wondering how much of it is almost – how much of it Cohen almost turns into an NFL-like visit where they put stuff on the board and ask some questions and have him draw it up. I would think that that's going to be a part of it. Yeah, a couple things on that. I, I'm not in the facility. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know how complicated the scheme is. I know it's not super dumbed down. I know it's dumbed down a little bit from the NFL, but I know it's not dumbed down. But, like, they just on a surface, us saying this out loud, like, if you've got a super senior quarterback who has played a boatload of snaps, comes into your system and he's overwhelmed, 
Yeah. It, it almost seems like a system problem to me, not a personnel problem. Like you've got yeah. to. That's a good point. You can't. That can't be a situation. Now I'm not. I don't know personal what's going on there, but that's what that sounds like to me. And so I think Cohen already addressed this. We've got to figure out more ways to play with tempo and how we can mix things up. Yada yada yada. And I think that's part of it. Uh, no, not huddling. I think you've got to figure out like some maybe some simplification problems or things this year. Because in the especially in the portal era, it's not like you can just grow a quarterback in the scheme. Maybe you sure. will be able to with Cutter Bowling and Stone Saunders, but even at least one of those guys is leaving. Not both of them guys are staying, right? Right. You know? That's how it works. And so that's where I, that's where just how I'm at with that. What what is going on there? Why is it why is it gotta be so complicated, I guess would be my question. But I think Howard, like he's played a lot. I think he checks a lot of boxes. I really do. Yeah. And whether he's the guy or not, I don't think he'll probably be the guy because um, if you go back to last year, they kept it really quiet. Mm-hmm. We knew, like, we didn't know of Larry until, oh, he's going on a visit there. And a lot of other schools were linked to Larry in the beginning. I mean, even Mertz, it took us a while to find out about him. So they got out this early. I'm a little skeptical, like, on him, him and Rogers, if they were the names that pop out so fast. Uh, but I do think there's some – a lot to like with Will Howard. I, I really do. The the other names that have been out there that kind of get whispered about, um, similar to Howard being from Cohen's neck of the woods, right? He's Philly suburb. That's not right. far from where um, that Leary basically is uh, from a Philly suburb as well. But Tyler Van Dyke is a Connecticut kid. I mean. He won the Connecticut – him and Will Levis mm-hmm. were winning passing awards at the same time back in 2021. Um, so, you know, there's maybe some familiarity there as well. Um, I know somebody else mentioned Grayson McCall in the portal. Um, but I, that, that, that one that, – that's a – that's just a weird cat, man. How do you go in the portal for as long as he did last year? He even opted out of the bowl game and then came back. I didn't play in the bowl game and came back. It was really bizarre. That was – there was some beer college vibes going on with Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Because yeah. I mean, essentially, he his credits he couldn't go anywhere. up to yeah. snuff essentially. But now, and he had didn't graduate, so he had to graduate. Now he's graduated. He can go if he wants. I think with McCall, Nick, I know everybody likes him, and you look at the numbers, but that is a like he played in a special special scheme, right? With mm-hmm. Chadwell, I'd almost be interested to kind of dive into his tape with Beck, what they were this year. That would almost hold a lot more weight to me in that regard. I don't think he's going to be the guy, but he could be. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, that, that's the beautiful thing about this all is that we're at the point right now where any time quarterback hits the portal, we're either getting tagged in a tweet or there's something. Like I, well, I, appreci- like, I, I appreciate I the people it. that listened to me last week or on Monday and said, <laughs> yeah, just tag me on it. Cause I have, here you go. I've gotten like oh, 18. Here you goes this week on Twitter. <laughs> I love it. So love I appreciate it. it. Keep them coming. And you know what? That's, that's, that's what we're going to do for at least, I would say the timeline of these things, it's probably not going to be at least until next weekend or the weekend after that. There's some good Intel about visits that are happening, right? I mean, that's kind of how this process works, the timetable works. So um, there's still a little bit of a feeling out period. Right now, like I said, uh, off the jump, there's a lot of 
Uh, I'm going to enter the portal, or in KJ Jefferson's case, people saying he's going to enter the portal, then him saying I'm not going to enter the portal. Uh, so it's a little bit of, it's a little bit weird. Next week it's it's officially opening on Monday. We're going to be live at some point on Monday as well, discussing all the portal moving and shaking. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, just like it's a lot of fun whenever you go to an event with Game Time. I'm sure there was some plenty of Kentucky fans that downloaded that Game Time app to go watch the Cats beat up on the cards. It's a blast every single time with our friends at Game Time. Just download the app, put in the promo code KSR, you get $20 off your first purchase with Game Time. Two clicks, that's all it takes. Luck is getting to go to an NFL game this weekend. I'm sure he scrolled through to see the seats and quick. Let me get no some doubt. tickets. Yeah, it, it's all it is. Two clicks, like it. Two clicks. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Two clicks. Boom. Tickets. Fast, easy, efficient. Get into your favorite games right now with Game Time. Look it. First coaching change happened in the offseason today. Scott Woodward is no longer with the Cats. And it was one of those when we were kind of deliberating ahead of this, you wondered how much his relationship with Liam Cohen would factor into the equation and, and more importantly, how much his recruiting success would factor into. He, he is a good recruiter for all intents and purposes, uh, but the, the production at that position, it just didn't cut it this year. Uh, and it, it, it's felt like, so many times when you look at all of these wide receiver coaches that Mark Stoops has hired, there's just been something that just hasn't been there. And he's got to figure it out at that position because there's too much talent in that room to let it all go to waste because you can't find the right guy to coach those guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mm-hmm. I think Liam Cohen being here is going to be important because he gets to hire or be part of the hiring process for a receivers coach. Boo Knight was on the staff, inherited him. Then he had that weird situation after Boo Knight got in um, legal trouble. Scott Woodward was brought here not to be the receivers coach. He was a quality control coach. The stuff happened with Boo Knight. They were kind of in a bind. They put Woodward there, and he just kind of got stuck there. Yeah. And I think recruiting went well for him, Nick, but I mean, the results are the results on the field. I mean, we don't have to yeah. analyze it too much. It just wasn't good. <laughs> it's, I don't have to do a lot of uh, stat sharing to know that the play wasn't up to snuff. I mean, just in general, there was a lot of resources spent in that receiver room, and the production didn't come close to – expectation and so they're they're making a move and i'll be interested to see what direction they go here Um, ksr plus we're going to have a hot board it'll go up tonight i'm working on it as we speak i'll have it up tonight uh, on ksr plus just a few candidates there's two guys at a&m damian craig and james coley 
who have work experience with Mark Stoops, SEC wide receiver experience, playing his day. Yeah, uh, could probably upgrade the recruit, help help out with recruiting, or is it more of a or does Cohen look more kind of his areas? I don't know. I mean, that's something we'll have to. Yeah. See what direction they go, uh, but definitely going to be an interesting search. I was a, I was a little surprised. I thought they might wait for Woodward and let him close on some of these guys here, and then do it after signing day. But they're going mm-hmm. ahead and pulling off the band aid right now, and they'll have a GA will be the coach for the bowl game at receivers and like just how weird of a, like that year he was the play caller in the. Music City Bowl, Nick, you know? <laughs> and then was having some recruiting success, and then yeah, now he's not. Now we move oh, on. Oh, it was, it was to the point where they, they thought they were groomed to be the next offensive coordinator, you know? and But the receiver, the production wasn't there. And to your point, I don't – I mean, he was a quarterback's coach by trade before he got in the QC game at Pitt and then here. So it kind of got foisted upon him, but he did do an excellent job recruiting, as you said. Uh, Jacob Polacek talked to his highest-ranked commitment in this class, uh, Hardly Gilmore, who uh, you can check it out on KSR Plus. But I, I don't think Woodward's termination is going to make a bunch of guys defect, and that's where you're seeing the Cohen effect, and that's probably why they did rip the Band-Aid off now because a lot of it is Liam Cohen, Cutter Bowie is going to be there like that. That was a big part of the pitch. Woodward was just the guy who got that ball rolling, right? And so, uh, you know, best of luck to him. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of this business. And I hate to go back to it, but it's – I think we're up to six wide receivers coaches now. Maynard, mm-hmm. Bonite, Wood, yeah. I mean, that's just – this is a higher, This is the one position Stoops hasn't been able to find a guy. A lot of times he's, he's hit on some, they get – you know – not every hire is a hit, but he's had a hit in every single position at this one. And this is one he can't afford to swing and miss on because of the talent that's in that room, right? Like, this is a – it's almost kind of like his offense coordinator hire when he got Coleman in 21. Like, this has to be right. It just does because you can't you, – uh, we talked last week about the kind of wide receiver culture in the locker room. Like, there has to be a strong personality that's able to not only – keep them from fracturing in the locker room, but also unlock that potential. Cause that's really what this next season it's going and getting a quarterback in the portal. Like we just discussed and helping these receivers reach their potential. That, yeah. And for me, I, yeah, I'm very interested to see what direction it goes. Is it more of like a stoops just hire where they go and get like a guy he has previous experience with, right. With a Coley, a Damian Craig, or is it more of maybe what we could, be seen as more of a Cohen hire where they go out and get someone. An assistant have wide receivers with. coach for the Rams or, you know, yeah. Or whatever. And then, right. well, do you, if you do the NFL thing, do you want to wait? As long as you probably have to wait to get a guy, right? It's true. That season doesn't end until, like, it's even later now. You know, <laughs> it's January 20th or whatever. So all of that is something they're going to have to weigh. I don't – like, I don't know if it's going to be a quick hire. Uh, I feel like they don't have the guy lined up like they had with Bullware, right? I think Mark right. Stoops knew he hired Jay Bullware in October. Um, I don't feel like that is the situation yeah. now. Even the two searches, I mean, were shams of searches. Like, we knew Bullware and Liam Cohen were getting hired, yeah. right? The This one seems like more of a real search. And so, seeing how it plays out over this next few weeks 
We'll just have to see what direction they go. But I do. It, it is important because they really got to get better return in that room, better development in that room. They need that room to be one of the strengths of the team, and it just wasn't this past year. It certainly wasn't. Um, also, you know, uh, not sure exactly who it might be, but it's probably not the last of the defections that we will see so far this year as the, the coaching carousel continues to spin and it's spun in hilarious fashion this week because we've got Bobby 2.0, 2.0. Arkansas fans saw what Petrino did at Louisville the second time. And they were like, give me some of that. We need, we need <laughs> to bring Bobby back. And our guy, John neighbors and all the other Arkansas radio guys are just, they're ecstatic. They're, they're, they're partying like they're back at the sugar bowl. They're still high from that Ryan Mallett season, RIP. And now Petrino is back, calling plays as the offensive coordinator. And the the funny part of all of this, like it is, he's only available because he couldn't save the last coach's job, right? <laughs> I know, I know what Wigman got hurt and that kind of, you know, that was out of his control and all that, but he's getting paid a good amount of money to go try to do the same thing he couldn't do at a and It's just des- desperate times down in Fayetteville. Desperate times. That, that that just reeks of desperation. What a sport. <laughs> what a sport. Uh, this dude was fired by Arkansas for lying to his bosses, for embarrassing the university. You know, we don't even have to get into rumors about whether there was a motorcycle wreck or not. <laughs> You could go to just find you a Reddit wormhole if you're interested in reading some conspiracy theories on that. But what I mean, Nick, what a sport, man! Like what a sport. This I'm trying to think what this would have. What's the equivalent? Like this would be like if um, Kenny Payne brought Rick Pitino back to be an assistant coach or something. <laughs> Whoa! I mean, this is crazy. If um. Yeah, that's a good and one. Mark Stoops hired Hal Mummy. Uh, this is Ooh. to run offense. This is nuts. Oh, yeah. Say, or, um, dude at Houston, Kelvin Sampson, going back to be an assistant for, for Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson right? in like, Indiana. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, only in college football. Only and for what? Football. And for what? Yeah. To For what? To make the fan base happy for eight months. <laughs> they go five and seven, and then they pay a massive amount of buyouts. Yep, yep. Okay, it's... have fun. You know they don't have like KJ Jefferson's probably leave. They don't really have a quarterback. They're gonna have to go get one. Their schedule's brutal again next year. Probably gonna go five and seven, six and six. Sam Pittman's getting fired, and for what? In Petrino, you know what he's gonna do? Let's go talk to those boosters, baby. Hey, you remember how good we had it here, baby? Like, let's run this thing back. Hire me. Oh man, that's the perfect scenario, right? Is he scores? He's a gonna ton feel far the crap out of this. He's gonna score a ton of points. They're, they are, but they're not gonna win enough and weasel his way into being the, the head coach again. <laughs> what a sport! Oh, and we thought what happened here Saturday night was crazy. I mean, it makes Arkansas. <laughs> it makes it entertaining, though. I will say, it gives us some entertainment. Um, well, I'm sure your, I, I meant to watch Feinbaum today because I'm sure he had a take on this. And, and to your point too about making the fans happy, I, I'm sure a lot of them are on the 
fence about Pittman bringing him back, but the the boosters weren't willing to go ahead and pay that huge buyout right away. So this is a good way to kind of pacify him for another year. Um, so yeah, great great point, Mr. Yeah, Ryan. they're just great. instead of wasting money that way, they're wasting it somewhere else. It, okay, whatever. Like one point six per a, a, a average value over two years, Nick. Only 15, 15 assistants made more than that last year. I mean, they're paying top twenty dime here uh, for this guy. Man, shout out to his agent. Incredible. What a great agent. And yeah. What a system. People forget too. Um, yeah, um, my computer's wigging out on me. Uh, it happens sometimes when it's dying on here. Uh, people forget too that Petrino was going to be the UNLV head coach last year, except for the job. Office coordinator. They made the yeah. graphic. But he was going to be the head coach, I thought. Office coordinator. Right? Barry Odom they- hired him to be the offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. I th- I thought they hired Odom to be head coach after Petrino left. Um, no, wow, he was OC there for like three weeks. Yeah, it's he's like the Cliff Kingsbury of college football, right? Which we got to get Cliff back in the mix. That's that's what this coaching carousel's missing. I mean, Nick, I think we've talked about this already, but he's on like the track to be a Power Five head coach again, Petrino. I mean, he's one big year away from really getting it, or one weasel year away from sucking up to the right, sucking up to the right people and getting back in good graces from getting it. I mean, could you imagine if Kentucky played him when he was the head coach at Arkansas again? Oh, like God. how fun, God, how fun that week would be. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. And don't sleep on this Louisville. They are one Jeff Brom miss away. At quarterback in the portal, <laughs> from him getting some pressure, and then they'll bring Bobby back. Don't think that school won't do it. They'll do it if they think it'll win more games. They will do it. Um, get bra. They'll just Brahm and Petrino. They'll have pictures of them again in 06 or whatever. When they won all those games. I, like that. We're not that far away from that. And they just incredible. What a sport. Oh, what a sport. What a sport indeed. Um, over in the other sport, Mister Luckett, I I made a mistake. And I didn't open my FanDuel app before we started the show. And Travis reminds us on the chat that Bellarmine is up on Loserville at halftime. And they were six-and-a-half-point dogs. It was, like, plus 150 on the money line. And I should have just bet it when I had my app open earlier. And now they're up by five points at halftime in the Derby City Derby. It, the, the game has a nickname now. It's officially a rivalry because Bellarmine keeps winning in it. Five-point lead, <laughs> and when you check them live, the live line at halftime, three-and-a-half is the is the number for the night. So, swords up. Nick, what is that crowd going to look like when Kentucky goes in there? It's going to be yeah. very blue. It's going to be very – Is it going to be a set – like, can we get tickets? Is it going to be a sellout? No, we can, we can get tickets now. I, and I think we should push to Through try to time. make it a, a Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky home crowd. But – Right now, head on over to FanDuel. If, if you're if you're feeling froggy and you can bet live, that's one thing that's great about having sports gambling with FanDuel Live in the state of Kentucky is you can make live wagers, something we never had the pleasure of doing previously. So go ahead, download the FanDuel app, put in the promo code PERSONNEL, place a $5 money line bet. If it wins, you're getting 150 bucks in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL. Sign up today with our friends at FanDuel. I know a lot of you all were playing 
a lot last weekend. It was a great time to get in on the action with FanDuel. I'm hoping I'll be cashing in a nice Jane Daniels future on FanDuel here in the next two weeks. And then it's bowl season right around the corner. Don't miss a minute of the action with FanDuel. $5 money on wager. You win it. 150 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash personnel. Must be 21 over President of Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. First deposit, or full terms at, oh, man, I totally gave that one up. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Uh... Bonus best, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look it. I did the thing where I was reading it, and I got cocky, and I stopped reading it, and I just totally blanked, and that's on me. That's on me. My bad, FanDuel. My bad. <laughs> I think FanDuel's doing okay. Do you think? I think they'll yeah. be all right. I think they're happy with the good state of Kentucky right now. Got well, some good action um, going on. Especially... They might not be happy with all the money on wagers that were placed on the cast against the cards, though. Might have, <laughs> might, might have taken a little did bit you, of bath there. Did you see? Well, actually, they probably didn't, Nick, uh, because I believe someone tweeted out that was one of the mo- the most bet tickets and bet money were all on Louisville minus seven and a half. So they actually didn't take a bath on that. They probably well, had a pretty good day because the Cats good, covered good that with one. Them fan, you know what? They got some of my hard-earned dollars because the emotional hedge, uh, you know, I, I won the emotional bet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I won. I cashed my emotional winning ticket, uh, not the one that's filling up my coffers, but it's still uh, – it, it's one of those wins like it uh, – it feels kind of weird, but because – it did ruin a season, and we're very happy about it. But there's, it, it doesn't erase everything that happened this year. And I think that's kind of why we're so quick to move on to the portal and addressing next year because a lot of this year's problems can be traced back to the month of December last year. Thinking you had addressed those problems correctly in the portal and you got bad return on investment. So how do they fix that disco around, right? And... I think it. Uh, I, I don't have the right answers, but it. The pieces seem to fit, and that's why we were so high on this team. So where was the? That that's probably what's keeping Mark Stoops up at night, right? Is, and what what kept them up at night throughout the season was, where was the disconnect? Why didn't X? Why didn't two plus two equal four? When you complete 55 percent of your passes. I think a lot of the struggles offensively lie there. They're supposed to depend on the passing game. They had struggle. They had struggles completing passes, just point blank. I think some things really checked out for me with this team. Like Nick, the run game was up and down, which I thought it would be. The offensive line was improved. I thought the front seven was good. Secondary struggle, like we thought it could. Yeah. I think the big thing was just the receiver room came up woefully short of expectations, and Devin Leary came up short of expectations. So you've got to kind of figure that. And I think structurally, offensively, I think structurally both sides, there's some stuff probably they need to adjust on defense, but more so on offense, I think what they want to do just wasn't working for whatever reason. And I, I think Cohen kind of even admitted to that. 
right? I think they even told on themselves a little bit in that last press conference about looking at systemic, stylistic yeah. adjustments they need to make in the offseason. Um, and I think we're going to see some of that, and I'll be interested to see what it is. Because um, it's still, like, bare bones is still going to look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But I think they've got to look to, like, dabble in more type modern spread stuff and not huddling, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think they need to get in a huddle all the time. I think that's going to be the big change moving forward. And then to figure out how they can mix in tempo and use tempo to their advantage but not at the same time to where it's going to hurt the defense because I think that's Stoops' big thing. Use it when – they can really get a defense. Um, so what's funny too, like it about the, I just got kind of, it, it wore me out. The people complaining about plays per game. Cause I did feel like a lot of that was a misleading stat. And then you go and you look, I, I kind of pulled the numbers. I'm going to end up doing something on this on the website for too long, but I just, I pulled the, all the efficiency kind of stats, the raw efficiency stat, yards per play points per game. Yards per rush yards, pass yards attempt, third down red zone. It's so funny, like it to see that twenty twenty one is pretty much everything at its best. Twenty twenty two, everything dips, but they actually they only ran four few player plays per game. It felt so much slower last year, but this year they ran seven less plays a game. And now part of that's the clock. The clock changes. That I mean, hell, that's probably all of those, right? Like it, it actually should end up being more even, you know, if you take out the new clock rules or whatever. But that very much is a problem because if you just move a little bit faster, if you remain as efficient, you're probably scoring four or five more points a game, and that's wins, right? That's that's what you yeah, need. I think they're, they're you know? more explosive this year. They had more pop, right? Ray Davis obviously had a bunch of big plays. They, there was more pop, I think, to the offense. So that had something to do with it. Um, but efficiency was bad. I mean, their success rate number was bad again. Well, yeah, yeah. So they were behind the chains constantly, and that had a lot to do with, you know, when, why the third and out numbers were bad. Um, that had that was, to me, the yeah. biggest thing. But I do think just pace, getting in and out of the huddle, all of that, I think that's something they're going to try to improve. And I think that's what more so people are trying to get at when they bring up that point. Um yeah. Obviously, they're not going to move as fast as some teams, but they shouldn't be going as slow as they are. And now there's there's multiple factors to why you go that slow. Uh, but I do think just pace and playing with pace is something that they're going to have to get more efficient at. And I think, Nick, just like not huddling, I think, is going to save them a lot of time. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's going to save them a lot of time. I have a feeling too that Cohen's back. His move back to the sideline is probably for good, barring any other health issues that prevent him from being there. But he he's always been a sideline guy. He goes back down and look what the offense did. <laughs> you know, I, I, so I think that's for good. Um, so we, obviously, there's a lot to discuss between then and now. We've got bowl selection Sunday coming up right around the corner. Might be a rematch in Charlotte against Virginia Tech. It's trending um, that way. We're mm-hmm. going to have, what is it, two opponents for this. I mean, the, <laughs> it's, it's, the bowls are getting really redundant With for Kentucky NC fans. State sprinkled in, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully it's uh, it's a little something different. Uh, but, yeah, NC State would be another 
common bowl opponent. Yeah. We At least just, with NC State, it's a different coach, and it's not back-to-back years. Like, it's a different – Yeah. From that way. But playing them in the same venue is going to be obviously going to be a little weird. Right, right, right. It wouldn't be the same as Iowa going back-to-back years. But, uh, you know, you just get a little bit more excited when you see a different logo. We'll find that out, um, I'm, I guess, around three, between three and four on Sunday. It's yeah. There's no really set time, but the playoff stuff comes out around noon. And then the New Year's Six is like an hour later, which I don't know why. Like, it's cut and dry. I mean, I They don't... talk about the playoff for an hour, and then they talk about the New Year's Six for an hour. Yeah. And then they get to the rest of the bowl it, games. It's all. And then they start, but they start leaking out right around that time. So, whatever. like Three-ish, I think, is when it usually is. So, so you're going to be uh, swimming I'll in the pool in Jacksonville. At I'll the be on a golf course on Sunday. Yeah. So, oh, is it Monday night football? Get... Yeah, it's Monday night. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I was. I thought you would be just jorted out uh, amongst the Duval crowd. Um, is was McMurphy the guy who initially tweeted? Like, I, I'm trying to recall the Fulmer fiasco because I was at the state championship games at Kroger Field when that was unfolding. Because if McMurphy tweets it out, usually it's good. But was that the did Fulmer pull that deal out? Even though McMurphy typically has it right about ninety percent of the time, I believe Matt said earlier in the week that year that we, it was going to be Gator Bowl, Gator. Um, and then I think we even had side conversations that we were everyone in Kentucky was like, "It's going to be Gator. We're going to the Gator Bowl. They're going to play Indiana." Mm-hmm. And people were getting excited. So we had all that planned out. And then I th- I think McMurphy was the first one who said it's, it's like Tennessee. all the mocks were to Gator. And they was like, oh, hold on. There's – there's he called it something like yeah. in Birmingham. Uh, and like was the first one on that. And that's what happened there. Because to my knowledge that Tennessee just changed their mind last minute. And I think that was kind of what happened. I could be wrong. But I think that's what kind of what happened. Which they have the right to do, I guess. You know, there's yeah. a deadline, and you, you can switch. But that—that that is what happened that year. It is um, just so funny, though, that like, especially in McMurphy's case. I mean, he does other jobs, obviously. But how does one in this line of work become the bowl guy? Where that's just his day. You know, like it's such a weird thing. Do you, I mean, do you remember what happened last year? Like, did we think Kentucky was going to play someone else besides Iowa in the Music City Bowl, or did we yeah. think they were going somewhere else? We thought they were going to play someone else. I couldn't remember. Because I knew it was disappointing it was Iowa, but I couldn't remember if it was because Kentucky they thought would be somewhere else. Or I was trying to think who the opponent would have been or where the location would have been, what the other options I, I, were. I think we were pretty Wokstead on Music City, and it, it was it was a different Big Ten West team, though, I want to say. That we Minnesota, like, maybe? or was It was either Minnesota or Wisconsin. I want to say it was okay. Wisconsin. Where we were like, okay. I, it's go, it's probably going to be one of those two. And then uh, Dr. Men there at the last minute was like, oh, it's going to be Iowa. And we're like, no, not not again. Um, Still can't believe they did. I can't believe the Music City Bowl agreed to that. I can't believe Kentucky and Iowa agreed to that. And then the Music City Bowl got upset about the crowd. Well, no Leap Sherlock. Like, I could have told you that. Yeah, that was just yeah. that whole thing was disappointing. That, how yeah. that how that shook out. It, it, we did it last it, year though. Music City Bowl. 
We in Nashville. <laughs> we in Nashville. Bowl. Those um, of you who missed missed the bowl event, Barry and Brown gave us a nice little serenade. Yeah. Um, downtown Nashville. <sighs> who knows what we'll get this year. We'll find out much more on Sunday. Um, we'll do maybe a little rapid reaction, even if it's not with Luckett, maybe Drew or somebody. We'll figure it out. We'll have all of your coverage right here on the KSR YouTube channel. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Help us get to 25K. 25K is the next huge threshold milestone for this channel so we appreciate it if you help us get there during this chaotic season where we got lots of stuff happening on ksr plus ksr there's going to be a ton of coverage so we appreciate you following along we appreciate our presenting sponsors at monticello bank for adam luckett i'm nick roush go cats and go kroger madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.